0: Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of co-creating with AI. With me is Rasmus. He's drinking tea. Coffee. Making noise with his spoon. (laughs) How are you Rasmus? I'm good thanks. Happy to be here again.
1: I uh, love this weekly ritual we've got.
0: How are you doing? Yeah I'm good and really nice sunny weather and uh, there's some kind of March Madness upon us uh, in the AI world yeah. with just yesterday, uh, enormous number of uh, high profile releases coming out at the same day. Everybody wants to have their piece of the cake in the media game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: uh, the hype is real, <laughs> both on the funding side and on the release side. And it's um, what's so different, I think. This like this AI cycle is just the speed of the releases. It is actually nuts. It's it's a little bit like I, I wasn't really around like in the tech space. You were, so I'd be curious when like the iPhone came out um, and the App Store came out, uh, which wasn't the same time, right? But at least when the App Store came out, was it like you just had you know an incredible amount of products just launching like at much quicker pace than you had before, like when there was uh, no app store. Was that kind of the sense when no. you had that platform? Because that's my sense no. now. It's just like, whoosh.
0: No, the the, 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 the uh, rate of change is much higher now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but Apple released a iPhone. And then like a year later, there was an app store. Like there was not even an app store when it came out, like the, the pace of change is much, much higher. Yeah,
1: But I mean, when the App Store times. came out, I, I, I don't know, it's not yeah. comparable really, but it, it's sort of like, I yeah. feel like there's it really is a new platform. I mean, you could frame this a lot of different ways, right? Sure. But, but at least it's enabled yeah. people, like because it's, it's all API-based, it's enabling people to launch so
0: quickly. It is, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's uh, exciting to see if this is a new permanent rate of... Uh, releases or if this is a like a temporary market where we just see everybody focusing on the same thing
1: yeah it's going to be interesting I mean you said I I actually I of course read the the headlines and I have a bit of a clue what what went on yesterday but um, do you want to start there and just talk a little bit about yesterday with you know GPT-4 etc like what what happened and what did you what did you take away from it
0: yeah, so um, basically the, the the big headline releases were, of course, GPT-4 from um, OpenAI. And then before that came Google's AI announcement with their uh, press release going out, outlining a big program for AI. They're basically, the entire AI strategy of Google was launched yesterday. And and then very quietly, uh, Me Journey version 5 rolled out, which is a more of a niche thing, uh, but still an amazing in-depth release with a big step up in the image quality generated by Midjourney. I would love to talk a bit about that. Sure. And, but I, I, I just want to start out with Google. Uh, my take on their release is that it's a, uh, I think they were, they're still really playing catch up to open AI. They are desperate to get attention. And they're releasing nothing but press releases at this time, like there are, they're talking about the the integrations to G Suite and so on, and their AI offerings there. And it's all great marketing material and zero product. There's nothing to try unless reportedly, if you're a small English speaking group of users in the US, then like nobody has stepped forward saying that they're part of that group. Nobody's doing user reports or reviews of Google, anything Google-related. Um, so uh, it's a vaporware release from Google just to just to not again be, um, um, I mean, one up by by OpenAI and uh, their uh, offerings that like, they will be rolled out when they're ready. Mm. And they're not yet. I mean, I I think they are just playing a marketing game. I mean, I think
1: it's interesting. I I partly agree with you that, yeah, they haven't, uh, they're saying and showing a bunch of things that aren't generally available yet. So, I mean, they are definitely playing catch up. And I can imagine that the sense of urgency within Google is higher than it has been since the founding, uh, pretty much. Mm. Uh, Because they've been like the most, safest kind of growth, profitable, just, you know, enjoying life as the best company in the world kind of uh, for, you know, over two decades. Uh, so I agree with that. Then again, I think people are uh, like thinking that Google won't win this. I think that's, uh, I, I, I'd bet, uh, I, I'd bet, uh, I wouldn't bet against Google. I mean, if you just look at what they say they're doing there, it's first of all, like one of the biggest, like productivity and, and collaborative suites out there will have um you know um llm capabilities built in like that will and and it won't mm. be it won't be long and a lot of people will use it straight away which will give them insane amounts of so-called uh, uh, rlhf reinforcement learning human feedback loops right uh, where they will actually mm. improve upon the models secondly yeah, I mean, OpenAI really went, you know, to release this, and they've done so much, you know, clever things. But Google invented this shit. <laughs> you know, they've been in the AI game since, you know, I don't know, three X before, like uh, OpenAI was founded. Uh, you know, they invented the transformer technology. They've, you know, they've shown time and again that they um, can innovate and build things here. Uh, so that was actually like that was that was part of it. Like I think it's like three levels on my analysis of it is. It's one, yeah, they're playing catch up, but then two, they have a lot of users and they're going to be able to roll this out to them quickly. They have been building these Mm. things for a long time. And then third, like Google is one of the, you know, first and and best really like developer platforms, right? So I think that what they show there and what they're going to do is going to be very, very like developer and uh, like developer friendly. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll uh, we'll see. Yep. Uh, I'm not a developer myself, so I, I'd uh, I will uh, will see if I'll stand corrected.
0: Hmm. One more thing that uh, was released was uh, Anthropic released uh, LLM called Claude Plus. They oh, had wow. a previous LLM called Claude. Called Claude, and they released an updated version called Claude Plus. So that was also happening. Which one was that? Is that the a- agentic one, the one that can do things for you, or is that just no, a normal? No, they kind are of... they are called anthropic. It's a it's a text generative okay. uh, or generative text uh, API. And cool. uh, one way to play around with um, all of these are through. Quora's uh, chatbot interface called Poe, yeah. Poe.com or Poe in the App Store. It's it's kind of neat, and you get one you get one message to Claude plus and one message to GPT-4 per day as, as a as a free offering mm-hmm. from from the generous people at Quora. And um, uh, another startup I saw this morning that is uh, or. Actually, I don't know if it's a startup, even scale.com came out with a with a GPT-4 based offering. They are integrating a ton of different LLMs into their API platform. And uh, they have a really good um, playground where you can set up LLM APIs that you where you pre-bake a prompt into an API endpoint. And then you can call that with... Arguments and it's a good way to get started with integrating to LLMs because you can bake um, the prompt into the endpoint and have it uh, do one specific thing per, per API endpoint. Yeah. So that's scale scale.com if you want to check that. And out. Was that GPT four
1: um, there as well, like available in that?
0: Yeah. So mm. what what they are doing right now in order to get uh, traction for for their um, API is to actually offer. GPT four unlimited mm. through their API. I think that's going to be uh, maybe a time limited thing, but yeah. right now it's something they do. Yeah, because
1: as I've understood it, GPT four is quite significantly more expensive, right? I didn't I didn't check it out in detail.
0: Well, it's so it's um, I think it's fifty percent more expensive than GPT three. Okay, and which makes it one and a half times more expensive than ChatGPT API um yeah it's, i i'm not i'm not sure exactly about the pricing levels but it's it's not it's, of course chat gpt was a, a a whole order of magnitude like uh a tenth of the price of gpt3 it yeah. was much much lower so let's see <clears throat> gpt4 is 15 times that which yeah. which makes it what well, yeah uh but um it will go down though uh, I mean, it will decrease. Yeah, we'll ability. go down. Yeah. If there's yeah. one thing that speaking, it- uh,
1: sorry. No, we go ahead. Uh, if there's one thing, I mean, supporting the argument that uh, like Google will have a tough time in this race, it's actually that the speed of at which uh, OpenAI is moving, in terms of like mm-hmm. uh, releasing, cutting costs, getting other products to like. Pre-use their APIs and then launch when they feel it's ready. Like uh, Khan Academy mm-hmm. launched their like uh, personal AI learning like tutor, uh, and uh, Intercom used their, you know, you know, I don't know, five clicks to set up a fully automated customer service like uh, rep, uh, like uh, LLM, uh, which is, yeah. I mean, these things are, if they if they are as good as I think they're going to be they are game changers like on a massive scale. Mm. But anyhow, what were, what, were you are. what were you going for?
0: Yeah, so something that I haven't seen mentioned, uh, but what is my take on uh, the way OpenAI is releasing GPT-4, there's, they're very often, like everywhere, they're saying that they've worked six months now to get, get it ready for launch. Um, Working on alignment and making sure it doesn't output bad stuff, and that it's not open to uh, adversarial attacks, where people try to to make it do stuff it's not built to do. And of course, that's what 75 percent of users do. Like they <laughs> make it say bad stuff is what is the it's the number one game that everybody is trying to um do. Uh, but um, so what they did. Um, one data point that I think is actually relevant to that is that the cutoff point for the learning data for GPT-4 is earlier in time than for ChatGPT. The cutoff date is in 2021. Um, It's sometime during the fall for for, uh, GPT-4 and it's in December for 21 for ChatGPT. So they actually stopped um um tuning or or um they they, they stop putting more data into into chat GPT uh, after uh, they stopped doing it for uh, GPT4 and to me that says that Gpt4 is actually it's a more, much more mature product this is the offering and one of the engineers in the release video of OpenAI said that that this is what we've been working for for two years to release. Mm this is the number one we release we had as a goal from, from day one. So this is what, and the pace of release that they're doing is sort of that they managed to do chat GPT before, even though they started it as a, as a smaller project much later. And uh, of course it's built on the same technology and they had uh, the opportunity to try a new UI or, or UX paradigm and offering it for free was a, Brilliant move to get the world to listen to what they're doing, but um, yeah, GPT four is their main offering. It's it's what they've been uh, gearing up to release since, um, like the past two years, I think.
1: Yeah, and they did like quite a release. I haven't watched the full thing, but I did see uh, the um, the part where I think it was Greg Brockman, the CTO, like found- or maybe it's not CTO, but he's like technical co founder at least of OpenAI when he drew like something on a napkin and then asked GPT-4 yeah. to make a website and it made a website. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, I keep extrapolate it's that awesome, a little yeah. bit. You know, you are really having, like it's just a completely different computing paradigm. It's really like mm-hmm. moving towards, I think, where you're not doing things on the computer. The computer is doing things for you. And that's like a very, very different thing. I mean, that's, I can really understand why, why, uh, you know, some thinkers on the subject say, Hey, we go, we're going to rethink every, all software we use. Um, hmm. you know, because, <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't need Photoshop, like a hundred things like I can do if I can just ask it to do them, um, for hmm. me, um, so. Yeah. And maybe that's still you know photoshop it's just like you know a new way to interact with it because you still need all those capabilities for it i don't know like i'm i'm, I'm not sure but it really is a new computing paradigm given like it looks like it where, where like given how this has been moving lately is there anything else you mm. you took away from like the gpt4 release that you think was um, was significant to mention i think
0: i think that the way um they are showing it is uh, um, like it's obviously a remarkable piece of technology, and it's there. There have been many generations leading up to this. It's significantly better than GPT three and three point five, and and what it's better at is actually being a lot more robust, and it's aware a lot more aware of what what is doing wrong when it's doing wrong and my my take on the whole ai the generative ai is that it it is not robust until we allow it to iterate on the results mm. it can produce really solid code if we allow it to iterate on 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 the output code and even test it like an ai should use the same processes as humans do when developing software yeah. iterate on the code test it feed back the the error results, like or, or error messages, and and then the output will be amazingly robust. And something and that iteration is something that GPT four does better. It acknowledges just like GPT three when it does something wrong, like apologizes politely. But what what one difference is that GPT three sometimes makes that apology but doesn't correct the result. GPT-4 is much more aware uh, that it did something wrong. And um, I, I'm i also in awe of, of uh, just everything that people are doing with GPT-4 right now. Um, trying out all of these, um, uh, like what that robustness can, can give. And it's also just a bigger, much, much bigger content window that it provides that you can you can, you can, you can take in much larger prompts. It's something that also makes it much more versatile.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, the two of the takeaways. I haven't been diving deeply into this, but is like on the topic of what you said is it seems to hallucinate a lot less from what I've read, um, and uh, which which I think is the step away from genera- like calling it generative AI. I think that's a term that's going to be quite short-lived, actually. Potentially, because that's sort of the impressive thing about GPT three was the generative capabilities that you could create. You know, you could write, make it create things, write things, come with ideas, uh, generate uh, pictures, etc. And of course, there's also been these capabilities like transcript, like um, transcription of sound into text, etc. These these transformative actions. Um, But I think now that you get to the point where you can actually have it be factual and I mean, even more so if it can iterate, realize what it did wrong, evaluate the results, et cetera, then you have something that is not only generative. Yeah, you can use it to be generative, but it's not limited to that. So I think really like with GPT-4, we are going to be starting to look at this as AI. And I think, I mean, Apart from the from us nerds who might discuss, is this AGI, is it not? And I think that discussion is going to come up like legally, et cetera, in, in a while. But I think generally people will will start to say that, hey, with this, AI is here. Uh, like we have AI, we have artificial intelligence finally. I think, I mean, we'll see, but, uh, and I'm not sure if that's super mm. relevant. But I think, for example, with, if we take intercom, or Khan Academy, but let's take Intercom as the first example. If their customer service uh, bot is, you know, as good, and it might even be better than a uh, normal uh, customer service rep, because that's access, you know, the way I looked at it you, as a company, we would have all our um, documents and all the previous questions, and we just click boom, boom, boom. And then their uh, AI chatbot Fin gets access to it. And now mm-hmm. every company. Which uses intercom, which is quite a big amount, I think, uh, has a you know ninety five percent automated uh, customer service organization, and as a user, I will not really care about that. I will, after a while, I might even start assuming that if I interact with a chat online, it's an AI that answers. Uh, unless you know, yeah. uh, unless it specifically tells me that ah, oh, this is a human, because I couldn't answer, I connected to one of our humans. Mm. Um, and I think the round trip I'm making with this is, I really think that now we will move into what people really think of as an age of AI. That you know, you moved into like computers moved mainstream, right? And then of course, yeah, you have smartphones and you can reach everyone all the time, and blah, 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 blah. I had a, like a lot of like real world kind of for you in your life uh consequences and i think this will be this mm. is starting to be there there's like yeah ai is real and it's there and it's like in so many places
0: mm. Mm. and also and i think so too I, go on, please the, i think the i think that uh, generative ai is with, with gpt4 we are generating text on a Good enough level that further innovation will be a lot more about how we input data and get data back, uh, rather than just improving on the on the generative capacity. And uh, Intercom is a great example of that, where the innovation is that they they already have the knowledge basis um, that that the chatbot can can build upon to be uh, provide a much better experience than than. Uh, just just a chat interface it, it because it can learn from uh, the actual uh, data and previous questions and answers that has been given yeah and I think actually on topic of that like a perspective
1: came like, I think that if you just take the customer service um, example so say I don't know um coca-cola has say I don't know why they would but they has a, have a chat bot on their website. It can actually be the Coca-Cola brand, you know. It's gonna. It, you, they can very quickly train it to speak like Coke, to answer like Coke. Something they could never uh, teach uh, or never, but would be very hard to implement. The yeah. and and wouldn't, wouldn't it even be authentic. You know what I mean? If all like it's mm. it's almost like if all of their representatives would be like uh, talking exactly the same way. I mean. But in this case, you're actually gonna be able to make corporate like legal entities uh, something real because there's gonna be an AI representing that company. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just it's sort of like if I go very sci-fi with this, it's like you're actually gonna have, you know, it all it, it 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 sort of goes like, okay, so we have human legal entities and we have fictional corporate like legal entities. Now we have the AIs mm. and they are implemented there. And that's how AI merge into having legal status is because you're going to have AIs representing these corporations or being these corporations. I don't know. It's um, mm.
0: it's a little bit uh, futuristic, but I think there's something and then, there. And then... And then you make it even more exciting to to get it to say stupid stuff or or bad stuff or give you the recipe for for meth or something like that. Because (laughs) if you get that from from Coca-Cola, their brand identity, then it's even more exciting. Yeah, but I think that's
1: like like a very first-gen problem. It looks like, I mean, the founder of Intercom was Mm. quite confident when he released to say, hey, it won't go outside of what what it's allowed to say. So I think like I think that's going to be a solved
0: problem actually, um, not too early. Yeah. and and you can actually um, use the API itself to moderate the input before you um, give it to someone. And uh, sorry, send it to the, the chatbot who's going to provide an answer. Mm. You can use another prompt to filter it, like just to filter away. Are there any? Um, are there any? attempts in this in this question to to produce results that are not not uh in line what we're what we're trying to achieve and uh, so you can always like use a, a combination of prompts to achieve what you want and um uh, and i think then it's much less prone to to um give the, the 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 quick wins for the people trying to make to to mess with it yeah
1: i also think like i don't know if this is Maybe this is something that's widely discussed, but I haven't um, come across in a while, which is the concept of GANs, like like, uh, adversarial networks. So like that they used to use, um, basically, if you want to train an AI, they also have an adversarial network helping to train it for the right outcome. And it feels like you're going to have, uh, in this case, for example, you're going to have the, uh, you know, very, very strict fact check, like, you know, the... uh, I don't know the moralist, like the the AI that decides what what can be outputted, right? So you're gonna have your interaction with your LLM, and then you're gonna have the kind of master saying like checking the answer and saying, yeah. "Hey, no, this is not aligned. This is not aligned." Which so you're gonna be able to, I think, get the best of both worlds, which allowing these quite powerful and flexible LLMs in the hands of consumers, and then you're gonna have companies safeguarding their brands, for example, or safeguarding misuse by having. Uh, these, uh, I'm not sure if it needs to be separate networks. I'm not like technical enough for that, but at least conceptually, mm. I think like it seems like that's going to be a solved problem as well, in my opinion, but we'll see.
0: Mm. Mm. There's uh, one thing that is very noticeable, which I think is fascinating, that they are uh, releasing a really capable technology and they are doing everything they can to keep the human in the loop. They, they they release a chat interface they make the API now instead of just being like prompted for a reply it the API now is uh, a, a, also chat uh, like message where input is like is like user and machine user machine they're trying their best to make every developer think about this as there are always humans in the loop mm. and the terms terms of service state that humans need to be in the loop like if you have a machine, or the open AI interface, um write, write code a human needs to, according to terms of service, needs to read the code before you execute it. Mm. And uh, like they they don't want these things to become autonomous. They don't want GPT4 to to uh, grow into its own like sentient being where, where that people uh um, that, that just does its thing whatever that is that's a thing. they want the human to be in the loop all the time and uh, I think that's where they are really um and they're they're not talking about that and they're not um but they I can see that they're making a really really conscious effort mm. to make everything like interact it's interacting with with people and it's uh there's some kind of Pandora's box that is going to open when we start seeing like the, the AI itself being more self-contained, being uh, like a simulated person rather than just uh, a chat interface for for a person.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I think, though, like one of the main reasons they do that is because they don't want like the, the bot networks and the <clears throat> all these things that people are afraid of to just have uh, unlimited amounts of uh, generated content and... Uh, Different, you know, attack vectors for scams and uh, extortion, etc., using yeah. these. But that's, I mean, that game is lost as well. I mean, Facebook's LLM was uh, leaked, exactly. and now so, they can so, run it on yeah. like a, I don't know, if it was a MacBook or a or a um, or a phone, but it was something very small they could run it on. I think it was like yeah. it was not big, yeah.
0: uh, which was GPT yeah, so 3.5 is, uh,
1: equivalent, pretty much. I think
0: Meta is feeding the dark side. Yeah involuntarily but just by by completely messing up their their release and the way they released it yeah I had a
1: feeling that it was like these big tech companies I feel are playing like strategy in another level like you know open like uh, Microsoft uh, doing uh, open AI in Bing to to sort of mess with Google I sort of had a feeling that this was Facebook messing with Microsoft just by like leaking it but who knows right I don't know yeah uh, it's
0: my Mm. it's been an exciting week Mm. thank you Rasmus for having this chat Um, let's wrap this up and then uh, uh, have a next uh, exciting episode next week cool yeah looking forward to see what else has come out then (laughs) this is going to be like AI news
1: podcast or something yeah
0: (laughs) and I'm going to save my Me Journey analysis until next week then Me Journey 5 uh, version is awesome sure thanks a lot Martin cool Thank you, Rasmus. Thank you to the listeners as well.